Welcome to Mom Fashions, an honest discussion about the beauty and burden of motherhood. I'm Emily. And I'm Beth. And we hope these next few minutes encourage, inspire, and remind you that we are all in this together. This is Mom Fashions, a Fort Worth Moms production. Episode 45, Pandemic Pregnancy, Birth, and Babies. Hello, Mom Fashions listeners. Emily and I are here today, and we have invited our friend Chelsea, who is a writer for Fort Worth Moms, and uh, she has had a really eventful year, kind of like the rest of us, but a a little bit more eventful, I would say. So we have invited her here to kind of reflect on this last year of pandemic and what it looks like to have a baby during this time. So Chelsea... Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yes, my name's Chelsea. I live in the mid-cities with my husband and my three-year-old, almost three-year-old son, Logan, and my daughter, Alba, is one. She is our pandemic baby. Um, I am a writer and photographer. Well, Chelsea, we are so happy that you agreed to hang out with us today. We wanted to talk to you because, yes, blah, 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 the pandemic was hard, blah, blah, blah. It's changed so much about everyone and nearly like every interaction and relationship that we have, and particularly like parenting. You know, we also had a lot of, I'm going to use the P word, pivots, with Mom Fashions and Fort Worth Moms, our parent brand, when our area, you know, kind of shut down. It was right about mid-March. I remember we got out of school, was that Friday for spring break? And then we went on spring break and we never came back until the new school year. But for us, Fort Worth Moms, we host an event every year called Bloom, and it's an event for new and expecting moms. And for years, it has always been an in-person event, but when, and it was supposed to happen in April in 2020, and it is kind of like my own little baby. We had to like drastically change in three weeks and turn a full-fledged in-person event into something that happens virtually. And we had never really done a virtual event before, but it did end up going better than I ever dreamed. I was kind of like a basket case about it. But what I've learned during my years with Mom Fashions and Fort Worth Moms and what I've experienced myself is how like isolating and hard, of course, motherhood is. But particularly during those first years, first two years, really, Because in a lot of ways, you are so homebound, right, to just pull off infancy and toddlerhood. At the time, I had a very, like, small hint and sadness even for the women who were showing up to attend our virtual event because these were either first-time moms, moms who are currently pregnant, or just were in the first year, or they had a toddler. Even back then in March and April 2020, I had a small hint. I even felt a little bit of sadness for the women who were attending Bloom virtually. Like this is something they were looking forward to, an in-person event. This is a celebration of this season of life. 
And then just realizing through like comments and talking with those women that even in that early stage, the pandemic had taken so much from them already. Baby showers, you know, like the normal celebrations that you get to do, even having like your mom or someone important with you in the labor room, having help and visitors and celebrations after the baby was born. Like there's there was just so much um, that I could see had been lost. So as we have prepped for Bloom 2021, which will be virtual again this year. And, you know, obviously we've we've had more than three weeks to work on it. I have just really been thinking about the women who have had newborns and went through birth and even pregnancy during this year. And I just, I wanted to talk about it. Chelsea, you even wrote an article for Fort Worth Moms, let's see, way back in July of 2020. It was called a newborn, an asthmatic toddler, and a pandemic. So you have for sure lived this out. You know, just start off telling us a little bit about like your story when you gave birth, like how all that went down for you in terms of doing all of this in a pandemic. Sure. So my um, due date was March 14th and I had a scheduled C-section on March 5th. And I knew that from the start, I was going to have a scheduled C-section. And my son, when my daughter was going to be born, I mean, had really just hit 21 months. And so I knew I was in for a wild ride having two kids so close together. As we got closer to her delivery date, um, the news started picking up a lot about the coronavirus. And when I first started hearing about it, I was like, oh, this is something that's happening far away from us. This is like maybe probably something that's not really going to affect us, but gosh, they sure are talking about it a lot. And it sounds like there's a lot we don't know. And as we went into the hospital that morning to deliver her, there was a little bit of a buzz, but it's funny. um, And I don't mean to disrespect my physician at all because I love her. I think she's wonderful, but there were two physicians doing the C-section. Of course, this is a planned C-section. So it's sort of relaxed. It's not like an emergency situation. And they were kind of chit-chatting and like sort of laughing about like all the hysteria around coronavirus. And now I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, we had no idea. We had no idea. And I remember asking one of the pediatricians who came in to check on her, um, you know, how worried are you about the coronavirus? And she was like, you know, I'm just, I'm not that worried yet. I'm not that worried yet. Fast forward one week later, we're going into lockdown. I mean, it was insane. And Emily, I think you're so right in just calling out like the vulnerability of the postpartum season. And I definitely felt that it was a a scary time just having had a newborn. And I didn't share this in the article because I only have 900 words, but I ended up getting a blood clot and having to go back to the hospital like the day after we were discharged. And so that's when things were like, picking up like is coronavirus everywhere in the air and I'm in this hospital with my four-day-old baby and having to get testing done and it was terrifying and then I'm thinking well my son has asthma I have seen him in an ICU bed at you know just shy of 10 months old and it was awful it was horrible he has breathing issues we're on you know a steroid inhaler every single day and I just 
you know, knowing this was a respiratory disease and not knowing how it was affecting people, just having so many unknowns. It was terrifying. I think I wrote in the article, my husband would turn on the news at night and that our the TV backs up to our bedroom wall. I, w- I couldn't even hear it. But just knowing that the news was on and they were talking about it, like I would start almost having a panic attack. I mean, it truly was awful. Definitely during those um, early months, you know, the unknown and what we didn't know about the virus and how it was going to spread and just what was going to happen to our lives. Like that was really tough. Um, And I can't imagine, you know, the extra added on with like nighttime feedings every night and having a toddler and and then not being able to get support in your home or take your kids somewhere else. That is a really tough situation because postpartum is hard no matter what, right? It wasn't like it was a piece of cake your first time around the block, right? Right. What ways did your postpartum experience with your first and your second change because of what the pandemic added and took away? That's a great question. I thought about that so much. I mean, when my first was born, it felt like a celebration, like friends were dropping by to bring food and family members were coming over. And, you know, we were able to go out in public a little bit. I mean, not a ton, but you know, we could run to the store or something. I kept saying after my daughter was born, I feel like we have a secret baby. Like, no one has come over to meet her. Um, you know, friends are sending meals, but it's, you know, through meal delivery services. So we're not able to see them. It was so isolating. And it just, it felt like, like we were robbed of the celebration of her life and her arrival, you know, into our world. Were you able to have any family there with you at that point? We, um, we have family in the area. We, um, most of our family was still going into their offices for work. And so we were really not comfortable having, you know, that sort of exposure come into our home because of our son. So we would like see grandma and grandpa in the driveway. But, you know, one thing my mother-in-law told me that I hadn't even thought about was like how hard it was for my son, A, to have a new sibling at such a young age. And then his whole world changes because now he's not going to Mother's Day out. His, you know, auntie and uncle can't pick him up to hug him. Like grandma and grandpa can't pick him up to hug him. I mean, we stayed six feet, 10 feet away on the driveway. So yeah, there was no help. It was just me and my husband 24-7 with a 21-month-old toddler and a newborn. And of course, my husband's now trying to transition to work from home and I'm trying to keep the both of them quiet and we don't live in a very big house. So it was, um, it was chaotic. I didn't feel like I got the rest and recovery that I really needed from having, you know, major abdominal surgery and a blood clot and among others, various postpartum issues. Over time, what do you feel like helped you get through that time? It feels like sort of a cop-out answer, but time has helped and things stabilizing with, you know, the growth of the baby and the growth of my toddler getting a little bit older. I think talking to other moms who were in a similar situation. I had a lot of friends who were having babies in the spring and summer too. So being able to talk about it and of course having more information just from medical professionals also helped. 
This episode is brought to you by Fort Worth Moms, an online parenting resource to encourage and inspire moms in North Texas and all over the world. You know, I found it um, interesting. It's a good word. Like, it was more towards, like, early fall. But I had my youngest kiddo got sick. She got sick twice. And so we had to venture into the world of, like, going to the doctor. And the first time that we went for the staph infection, they came out and met us in the parking lot in, like, literal hazmat suits, which didn't even come on my radar until I started to see her response. That caused my daughter to have, like, a little bit of fear. She got scared, and she didn't understand why that was happening. Like, Mm -hmm. suddenly these two nurses in these suits are coming out to vet us before they let her in for her staph infection. You know, they, like everybody else, evolved and changed, like, their protocols. I had another kiddo that had a big fever in October and scared me to death. And we were, you know, had to go visit the doctor for that, which was, at that time, like drive through, you pulled in a parking spot and they came out to you. Like you couldn't even go in the building. So how was it kind of for you just walking through? Don't you remember all of Beth? Like mm-hmm. you have a one week check and then a two week check and then a one month check. And then, you know, like you feel like you live typically at the doctor's office, like trying to take care of just like the checkups, the medical needs growing for all of your babies. So Chelsea, how was that for you? It's interesting you should mention that. So we had all of the normal newborn appointments, which was a little terrifying because we we go to a really big practice and it was like deserted. So it was a little eerie, but my daughter also had to have something called ear wells on her ears, which were basically helping reshape them. And you have to do it when they're a newborn. And so we were literally always going to the doctor and like, could there be a worse place to be going than always being in like doctor's offices right now? So it was, um, it was a little terrifying. And then of course I had to go, you know, for the blood clot, I had to go check up with my OB-GYN and um, who's actually at the hospital where we delivered, which was even more bizarre because that was super empty. Um, it was sort of a I mean, a terrifying time to be always, I mean, we had at least one or two appointments a week. It was a lot. Yeah, I cannot even imagine. Early on, probably a month into the pandemic here, I cut my foot on my back door. Oh, I remember that. Remember? It's like it's all coming back yes. to us, Beth. Yes. And I, it, it wasn't even bleeding that bad, but I lost it. Like I was... I was in full-on panic mode. My husband had to come home from work <laughs> because I kept thinking, if I have to get stitches, I have to go to the emergency room. If I go there, I'm going to catch coronavirus. I'm going to bring it home. It's going to my whole family is going to get it. And it was just this. Mm-hmm. There was so little information, and so I can't imagine having a newborn, having a body that was, you know, had just gone through major surgery, had just carried a baby, was going through recovery on your own, how scary, how scary that is. And I remember even at some point taking my two-year-old to the doctor and the first time that she had to wear a mask when she walked in. Mm-hmm. And they put this grown-up size mask on her. And it was terrifying just to see my vulnerable little baby, you know, having to wear a mask. And now we do it every day. 
it's normal. You know, it's like putting your socks on before you walk out the door, you mm-hmm. put your mask on. Right. So, yeah, it's it's definitely changed our world, but I can't imagine going through that with a newborn during postpartum. Chelsea, there are for sure women who are listening who have walked through this and are walking through it or they're going to be delivering soon. And there are also women who are listening to this, who is the friend, the sister, the mother of that woman. So do you have like any tips for like the support group for the women who are pregnant delivering and going through these postpartum years like how can we help it's kind of like we don't know either Mm -hmm. right because we've never walked through this we don't know what would be helpful to a woman in a pandemic who just had a baby like what do we what are the rules what is most helpful so what are some ideas you have well yeah I think having help or support is absolutely key. And I think if you are a sister, a mom, a friend of someone who's pregnant, asking that pregnant woman in your life, like, what can I do? How can I help you? How can I support you? I mean, I know that a lot of my friends who've had babies over the summer, their parents would quarantine like for two weeks before the baby came. And that was extremely helpful. But I mean, it's so hard because there's nothing that replaces that in-person support, right? So if this, you know, you're having a second or a third or, um, you know, multiple child, um, having help with your other children is really key. And now that the weather's getting nicer, going, being able to go outside, I think is huge. And I think for the woman who is pregnant, getting yourself outside in the sunshine, um, taking a walk around the block, like just getting outside and having the sun was super helpful. And I don't know if y'all remember March of last year, it was rainy and gray. Like it felt like every day for a month. So that really did not help the whole postcard situation of like never seeing the sun. And I think having, you know, people you can call and talk to when things are hard and just knowing that, especially if it's your first baby, like the postpartum season is so hard. It's so hard without a pandemic, but you add in the pandemic and it's it's that much harder. So I think having feels a little cheesy, but having grace for yourself and um, really talking to your partner about how you would like to be supported during that time, having open communication, um, I think is key and just attempting to take care of yourself um, as much as possible. I think we can never overstate how important community is, especially to a new mom. Um, and especially during this pandemic. And one of the things that helped us early on, and I didn't have a newborn, but I had three young kids at home, is I would FaceTime my mom and I would give the girls the iPad and I would have her sing songs and read books. And I mean, they would watch shows together. Like just, Mm -hmm. there was no physical help, but at least I could have a moment, you know? 
And so be creative in the ways mm-hmm. that you try to help moms mm-hmm. during this time. You can't stop communicating, like, it, but yeah. it's going to require texting and calling and video mm-hmm. things. Like you're going to have to do those things to really pursue that yeah. woman. Yeah. And step out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not phone call people anymore, but no. maybe they need a phone call. They need to yeah. hear a real voice. Exactly. You know? I agree. Yeah. yeah. You know, we even ended up doing something similar to that with Miss Lisa, who is like, you know, just part of our family Mm -hmm. and it would be like the laptop we would skype and she would skype with each girl for like 45 minutes she would seriously still be like in her lounge clothes or pajamas because that's when everything was shut down you know like march april may like it was a huge help to me but it was also a huge help to the girls as well like having those interjections of other people into your day does good things for everybody, you know. Other things I was thinking of, too, you know, living in this weird weird world where you can't go in and help somebody with their house, you know, that kind of stuff. But even the notion of, like, getting some girlfriends together and hiring a laundry service for mm-hmm. your friend where she just puts that laundry in a bag and puts it on the porch and somebody in a van comes, brings it up and drops it off. That's like glorious. I know. I've never <laughs> done it, but I have friends who do. They, it exists. It exists. Somewhere I know. Out there. But like that would be, I mean, do you remember all the laundry you generate <laughs> for like all the spit up, the burp cloths, like all the clothes that get soiled from diapers? You know, that could be a really good practical gift for, and it doesn't have to be right when she has the baby. Good Lord, six months in, get that woman a laundry service. You know, that's a lovely gift. Even Chelsea said meal delivery, having groceries delivered just sometimes if you can take off those tedious menial tasks I don't know about y'all but sometimes those are the ones that sent me over the edge Mm -hmm. when I was in still they still send me over the edge what am I even talking about (laughs) not just postpartum but those are I think great ways and just not to forget too that we love it when our kids are celebrated Like, think of interesting, creative ways to still celebrate those pregnancies, to celebrate the births, to celebrate the milestones. It isn't going to look like it used to. And you know what? I don't think I don't think it ever is now. It's just it just isn't going back like 2019. When we say, oh, that's so 2019, that's super vintage now, (laughs) like way outdated. You know, it does my heart good when people celebrate my kids or notice like fun things they're doing or ways they've grown. And I just, you know, that's another way I want to encourage everyone to pursue moms in this, you know, pandemic, pregnant, postpartum life. Oh, yeah. And especially if they have multiple kids, think about the stages that each of those kids is in and maybe put together like a little, um, what are those boxes where they put I'm not saying put rice. Like sensory boxes. Like a sensory box or find things that are age appropriate that you can send as little gifts that will keep, like occupy a toddler or occupy a four-year-old. Lego score. Yeah. Yeah. And nothing that's going to, you know, irritate the mom more or cause more issues, but just something that will occupy them, even if it's a coloring book that Mm-hmm. Gives them on 30 minutes. Yeah. That would be I, such a gift. Yes, those are great. Mm-hmm. Also, like we're really going on a roll here with ideas. I also love to give in those situations new bath toys or like, the you know, like 
um, consumable things in the bath, like bath crayons or bath Play-Doh, because you can also have a bit of rest. I mean, not that you put your kid in the bath and you go downstairs and watch a show. My kids are big. I do that. <laughs> well, yeah, when they're older, of course you can, but not yeah. when she has like, you know, like a toddler and yeah. that kind of stuff. But they can then sort of get lost in play. You may be sitting in the bathroom floor still, but you might could take a book, right? Mm-hmm. Or you might could just like sit there silently. <laughs> And that's so luxurious. While your kiddo gets really excited about the bath crayons and kind of gets like caught up. So yeah, things like that really do help. They can give you those fleeting moments to try to restore yourself a bit. Yeah, I wish I had known you a year ago, Emily, because that's a great idea, the bath time crayons. (laughs) Well, you know what? You can use it now. Get on Amazon right now. And order those babies. I have to say, though, pro tip, don't let them use them in the shower if you have tile with grout. True. Does not come out. Yeah. I will forever have rainbow-colored grout (laughs) in my shower. It's fancy. It is fancy. Yeah. Yeah, and... Yeah, and I also like they don't stay in the bathtub because mm-hmm. they're soap, right? It's yeah. just soap. And so like they get out for like a special occasion bath that is actually a strategic bath time for mom. And then they get put back up in the bathroom cabinet until mom needs mm-hmm. another strategic bath. I'm like, you want to play with the crayons? I mean, even my kids at like six and ten, I haven't said that before, six and ten, so old, Um they get excited about like stuff like that too. So yeah, yeah, it it's, it's a it's one to keep in your back pocket for years and years. Well, another way that we are trying to really think about and support women who are in this stage of life, we are hosting a virtual Bloom 2021. It's an event for new and expectant moms. So really, it's any for anyone who has kids ages zero to two, like those years. And of course, like foster moms, adoptive moms, birth moms, pregnant moms, all those moms fit into this category. And even though it is a virtual event, we are trying really hard to create workshops. And okay, y'all are going to love this work. It's going to be online on a webpage and it's going to be the Bloom Classroom. How cute is that, right? So cute. (laughs) And so there will be like workshops and kind of webinars there that give some educational information um, for these stages, anything from postpartum issues, you know, all the way to toddler tantrums. And then we're also going to have a virtual expo hall. So finding actual resources and products and services that can make this season of life easier maybe we we should put bathroom crayons in that expo hall. And then we are going to have kind of a live portion of the event. It's going to happen on May 2nd, 2021, and it's going to be from 2 to 5 p.m. on the Fort Worth Moms Facebook page. And the live portion, we're going to have some live videos, but we are also going to have giveaways. Um, and you'll be able to enter those live. We will announce the winners live. 
To attend the event virtually, of course, is free, but we do have an option if you want to, we are going to have 40 swag bags that we're giving out that will have products. Those will be mailed to everyone who buys a swag bag ticket. So we only have 40 of those tickets. We're going to have some great products. Um, but then you will also be able to enter as many giveaways as you'd like. And then uh, we will have another giveaway ticket that you can purchase if you're not interested in the swag or if sad day they sell out. You can also enter all of the giveaways as well with your ticket number. Tickets are already live and available. They will be available for purchase all the way through the event until 5 p.m. on May 2nd. So. We hope to see some of our Mom Fashions listeners there. Where can we find the tickets? Perfect. Thank you for asking. It's at fwmoms.com, but we will also have a link in our show notes for this episode. And you can follow us at Mom Fashions Podcast on Facebook, and I will have plenty of links there for you to get more information about Bloom. Chelsea, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And we are excited for you to be out of the first year Woo-hoo, of you pandemic it. babyhood, you survived. So you need to have a celebration just for yourself. I agree. Well, thank you so much for having me. This has been fun and a very validating experience and conversation. Mom Fashions listeners, we hope that you are encouraged as you continue to walk out this hard season in our world. And we'll see you next time. As always, visit fwmoms.com to see the notes from this show, including links to products and content mentioned in this episode. And one more time, just in case you missed it, fwmoms.com. Fort Worth Moms.